The views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the people appearing on the show and do not reflect the views of the Carolinas GCSA or the show's sponsors. You're listening to Pullin' Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. Brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture, an innovative company that is dedicated to your success by pioneering new technologies to provide solutions for your challenges. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is a partner you can grow with and provides the latest products from all of the leading manufacturers. Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Bringing Earth's resources to life. Now, here are your hosts, Alan Knight and Tim Krieger. Hey, and welcome to Pulling Weeds, the official podcast of the Carolinas Golf Course Superintendents Association. My, uh, my name's Alan Knight, and I'm finally joined in person again by my man, Tim Krieger. What's up, Tim? How you, bud? Good, man. I don't think I've seen you since February, correct? No. Day after- Incorrect. March 8th. Monday, with Kaminsky. Okay, or the day after the president, or the ninth, or whatever that yeah. day was. But yes, no, it's been a while. It's been a while since yeah. I've brought this equipment out. To be honest with you. Oh yeah, you don't just set it up at home to let the kids play with it. No, 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 no. Oh, I figured for sure they'd have had some kind of video montage. No, no. What was no, his no. name? Bob Ross's art classes all potted out, and-, and we're done with Bob Ross because my wife did so good. I quit Bob Ross after two of them. What was the one I sent y'all to do? Uh, Graham Baker. No. Graham Baxter. Baxter, yeah. yes. Well, we, the, and then paint, ho- the Swilkin Bridge Challenge. But Hobby Lobby shut down, so we couldn't get supplies either. I mean, it didn't shut down, but it closed for a little bit. And a- Amazon didn't work? Okay, so the microphone I ordered so we could do our Zoom stuff, ordered on May 2nd, and we were going to do, uh, was a Joey Franco shortly thereafter. I just got it in this week. It took it. 20-something days for this microphone to get here. Amazon Prime? Prime, oh, yeah. Oh, you're a Prime member. Oh, yeah. That's overnight. Not. Dude, we're ordering stuff on Wednesday at like 10 o'clock, and it's showing up at the house Thursday at like 9 a.m. I've never had a problem until this this one shipment with, I guess, COVID. But So I had to put all this stuff on my computer top to. Where was the microphone produced? I don't know. It's blue. It's, it's the blue sphere. It's a, it's a standard computer microphone. China, maybe? Yeah. Boats were a little slow there for a while. Well, I'm sure they're made there. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Guitar Center's closed, so I couldn't go pick one up there. And... I, th- I think the state closed there for a while, Alan. Oh, I know. I you know. keep mentioning all your favorite places that you couldn't go to. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say I, anyway. You know, we didn't bring up the Bobo Spa when we were talking about Steve, though, did we? I've never heard of the Bobo Spa. Do you think they remember Steve? We were sitting here. We're sitting here at the Dunes Golf and Beach Club. They're not wearing their Lacoste logo, so I don't know. No, and we're we got the most beautiful view. Uh, What's this? The ballroom, obviously. Yeah, I would tell you what. I would love to be the beach guard down here. Can I see your membership card, please, Bob? Oh yeah. You probably go check girls in bikinis, ma'am. I, ma'am, ma'am. I need to see. Ma'am, you. ma'am, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am. Where's your scarlet letter? Can I see your scarlet letter? It's got to be the Dunes Club uh, alligator. But I don't know. They're they're pretty. Um, uh, I can't yeah, say ballsy, the but they're, they're walking. They're walking right under the portico, man. They they got to be members. So hunting season's over. What are you doing now? Working again. Good for you. Yeah. Welcome back. I say that in front of Steve as past president, <laughs> and he used to harass me all the time. Um, but I found out a way to appease him during deer season. What's that? 
just bring him a whole shoulder right before New Year's. Perfect. Um, turkey he shoulder? Cook it up for the New Year's meal in the neighborhood. Pork shoulder or turkey shoulder? Venison. Deer. Oh, okay. Like, gotcha. I meant like turkey season. You've been living No, no, in, I was just telling yeah. you my story about Mr. Hamilton and our references to hunting and all, but yes. Gotcha, gotcha. Had a good season, man. Two down. Good for you. And you got to hunt with your son a good little bit. Did. It did, yeah. It's just crazy the way this whole thing worked out. You know, I mean, it's tragic for so many reasons, but I think people need to sit back and, and I hopefully, upon review, like the stories I hear about you and your family, you know, I mean, you hear the word guilt a little bit about enjoying the time with your family, and I sit yeah. back and I wonder why the hell should any adult feel guilty for spending time with their family because the world that we've created for however many years old we are hasn't allowed for that. And so yeah. now we have an intrusion into what is supposedly normal, but yet it brings back memories of me growing up. Right. We didn't miss dinner. Yeah. Every yeah. night. Yeah. Now, there was a hell and high water time where work was going on, and I had to go back to the office, but I'd come home for dinner and still go back, you know, if, if need be. Right. But we didn't miss dinner. And on the weekends, like, that's where I'm going with all this, like, being able to get up and go hunting. None of that exists in our normal world. Because you're going to do it you're busy practices for these yeah. guys in different directions you know people are working you got all these and you just name the list and there's every excuse as to why you didn't have dinner at six thirty tonight right. like you were supposed to totally and so i mean i can distinctly remember having some conversations with the boys about this will be the only time in your life this will ever happen and you're in an environment right now with the only four people that are going to care about you 20 years from now right. so you're trying to get out to go see all these other randoms that you think are more important in your world right now, but you don't understand when it's all said and done and your kids are reading about what we just lived through in a textbook. Yeah. These are the people that are going to be with you still. That, so, I, I mean, I'm, we're trying to appreciate it as much as possible. We'd like to thank Simplot for bringing that life lesson by Tim Grieger. Ah, there you go. Did you notice my hat? Have you got a shot of the hat? Yeah. We're going to talk about hats. I did I, rock my new hat. I walked into a meeting earlier this week in Columbia and a kid shows up wearing a Simplot hat. A better one than I have. And I was like, man, I need to do a little hat trade with you because I don't have a Simplot hat. What, what, what? Wes Hart had given this young man a hat. Was it one of Canel's boys? Yes. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that was, that's who you're extra large, especially if it's on his oldest. <laughs> no, it was on his, his God, middle son. Chaney's as big as you. He, it's, you know what's funny is I came home from church one day doing my filming, had to stop and get some milk, and I'm walking in with Jeff Canel's son, Chaney, his oldest son. And Chaney's 16, 17 now. And he's big. I mean, he's... He's as big as Alan. I'm looking up a little bit. You know, it's strange. And I finally... We're walking into Publix right on Hard Scrabble Road. And I said, man, you ever, you ever bought beer before? And uh, he's and he's just... He's a good kid. You know, he goes, no, sir. I was like, you could if you wanted to. Just let you know. You could get away with it. This is why Alan should never be anywhere with Canels <laughs> or anyone else's kids other than his own alone. Right, right. But anyway. Because now, poor Blake, you're going to be like 32 when you say that to him. Oh, I know. speaking. I will. Good good news for Blake. He's beefing up a little bit. He's not the scrawny kid he once nice. once was. Yeah. So, um, so he's made it through all this. You guys are okay. He's great. He he's only left the house twice. Once on Easter to, to go put flowers on the Easter cross, and then to get a haircut last week. And they went when it was closed, so yep. there was nobody in there. Um, but on the flip side of of did how, you go to the same place to get a haircut? I did it on my back porch by myself, and then my wife comes and kind of trims up the areas I miss later the neckline and all that so so she gave you the white walls oh yeah 
<laughs> Stevie called him. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's pretty, she told me it was pretty bad. You know, my tan. I well, that's about, what happens when you got black black hair like that. Right. I mean, it can definitely cover up and create some tan spots. Yeah. Uh, I won't say I got some gray there now, but maybe one or oh, two, was that two a, strands. Was, was that a gray mullet I was looking at and not your tan line? I'm sorry, Alex. <laughs> I, I don't know. I still haven't forgot to trim my beard. It's coming over my lip. Anyway, as much as I've enjoyed that time at home, and I really have, being around them, I can't tell you how good it felt to set an alarm and get here and leave town at 6.30 this morning and come here for an interview. It just felt normal. Kind of it was first feeling of normal in a long time. Man, I'm going to have lunch with my mom and head right back home. Oh, yeah. Mom time. Yeah. Well, let's get to Steve so you can go see mom. Beautiful. Simplot Turf and Horticulture is one of the leading turf and ornamental distributors in the United States. We share your passion for these markets and to your success. While our roots in this industry started in the western United States, we are dedicated to bringing that same high level of customer service and product quality to you as we have demonstrated out west. Our mission is to provide you, our valued customer, with a level of trust, service, and support that is unequaled in this industry. Simplot Turf and Horticulture, bringing Earth's resources to life. All right, folks. Well, here we go. Welcome in. We're at the uh, the beach with none other than Mr. Steve Hamilton, CGCS, comma. Oh, wait, that's it for you, right? I use CGCS, huh? That's right. You don't need a comma at the end of it. <laughs> no no more letters after that. No, no. That's all for that's well, all for me. Well, thanks for having us, Steve. Appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, Steve. I want to let you know you already going to pretty much a shoe in for Turf Lego Weedy Award of Best Location of Filming. Yeah, we're, we're uh, we are a little spoiled here. Take it take it for granted, but it's a uh, it's not a bad view. Um, no, being right on the ocean. So yeah, we're here at the Dunes Club, Dunes Golf and Beach Club. What's what beach are we at officially? North Myrtle or Myrtle? No, it's Myrtle Beach. Okay, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, zip what, code is in Myrtle is it Beach. The- is there a the or is it just dunes? It is the the Dunes Golf and Beach Club. With a very, I love your logo, the alligator. Yeah, it's it's fitting. We've got plenty of them out there too. Yeah. So can I just tell you, when I first started working for Hap, I always thought it was an Izod shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it took me years to realize that it was an actual logo. Like I'd even been down here to the Energizer Tour Championship and. Still no clue. Yeah. That's great. And there's a, a little alligator head or, or a statue out there, isn't it? Is that yep. named? Isn't it named? I don't know that that is named. I okay. Uh, it's, it's kind of a marker for our our wall for events, you know, that we've had over the years. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. kind of a wall sta- statue per se. Maybe I'm thinking of the one at Sea Pines. They used to walk on a leash. Uh, the guy who found the Sea Pines. Yeah. The ones I've seen here. I would say good luck trying to leash them. Now, they had a huge one. So I got to work here five years ago at the South Carolina Junior Championship. I had to go look it up. I didn't remember what year it was, and it seems like longer than five years. Got a pattern going there. But uh certainly has some big gators out here. We do. We've got some sizable ones uh, right, is right f- there on 13. What is, about uh, four or five? Isn't it? There's two that are every bit of 12 feet probably. Yeah. Well, um, that one on 13. Is that the par five? It is. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's five. what I was talking about. And they move around, but those big ones typically. Uh, we, we, we will get occasionally one uh, behind four that will come out in front of four green. There's a small pond on hmm. that par five uh, right along the highway. 
Yeah. And that one's that's a that's a large gator. But that sucker's been twelve feet for at least ten years. I mean, he's got to have grown. They, like, what's their growth pattern? I don't like, know. They just get. Can we you get know, you to measure that they, thing? No, <laughs> no, no. We don't. We don't mess with the alligators. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a, a good uh, picture for people who aren't used to them. Uh, right. You know, like, oh gosh. Um, but they don't. We, we've never had an incident, uh, fortunately, with golfers or right. or anything else as far as those alligators. All right. Well, let's dial this episode in. Steve, thanks for having us down here today. It's kind of a gray and somber day at the beach. Um, and I think it's following uh, a tragic weekend, if you will. And I think we need to go ahead and acknowledge it. And um, we're going to go ahead and make a tribute, if you will, for this uh, recording for one of our members, uh, David McGee, who lost his daughter tragically over the weekend. And I know that, Steve, you're friends, uh, tight family friends with him as well. So um, just want to give you an opportunity to um, offer your thoughts and condolences there to, um, to our good friend. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's it's, uh, it's been a tough week. Um, you know, we've been with uh, Cindy and Dave and and Caroline and and uh, Carter uh, for for most of the past three days. Um, but uh, super family, and uh, you know, and they know they're they're surrounded by love and a lot of people in the community. So um, it's going to be a tough road, but uh, they're not going to have to walk it alone. We'll all be there for him. And David, we want you to know that you and your family and anything y'all need throughout the Carolinas is standing here behind you. So with that, I'd say we offer a moment of silence and remembrance of his daughter. So getting back into it, Steve, with this beautiful view that we've got here, I'm guessing that's steel it's got to have some iron in it. it looks like it's rusted like hell already well, let's talk about this brown three-foot monstrosity that's running pretty much along the the wall behind us or what do you call that a seawall it is yeah it's a, a fairly new addition to uh to the property over the last couple of couple of seasons uh, we had to capture our our easternmost property uh, just from getting eroded from from the ocean so yeah we we contracted out uh, with a local uh, company, C.L. Benton, um, does a lot of work up and down Horry, Georgetown County, and uh, they came in and, and installed a, a seawall f- for us, and we did it in stages. We probably got about a thousand linear feet of it total. Uh, How deep does that go? Well, uh, depending on where you are along the beach, um, you know, you can get to a hard pan at about 18 feet. Um, but 15 feet down, you run into a, a, a coquina layer that's about 12 to 18 inches deep. You ain't breaking um, through that. We did. We wanted to get to that 18-foot one. Um, so you get, you've, got a, you've got a layer of coquina that's about 15 feet down that runs between, let's say, 12, inch, 12 inches and 18 inches thick. Uh, and we wanted to get through that to the basically bedrock or that 18-foot layer. Did and you that's, find... That's, any of the Oak Island treasure in that 15 to 18 feet range while you were digging? No, I tell you, it's interesting. Um, It's a massive track hoe that comes out and it's got a vibratory. um, So yeah, it's got a, it's an excavator with a vibratory, basically plow or jack on the top of it. And our sheet pilings range from 25 feet to 30 feet in length. Um, And they're really only 14, 14 to 16 inches wide. 
Um, so they're as wide as what you see, and those are all just kind of overlap. Individually stacked, and they, they kind of have a, a lock locking mechanism on each side to where you have to slide the previous one into the next one. As you're tamping um, it down. As you hammer it down into the ground. Uh, so what you would do, we, we made a, a spear out of st- a steel I-beam that would go down and break that first 15-foot layer um, to get through because if you tried to break it with the sheet piling, the sheet piling would just splinter. Crumple, and those yeah. And those sheets of steel are thick. Um, but just the amount of friction and heat that's created, um, it'll melt the top of, of, of that contraption that, that holds that steel sheet piling in place. So you go down there with an I-beam first, you break it, you break that barrier, uh, come back and put the sheet piling in, and you just kind of walk along. Uh, so it was a big, that was a big project. We had to do it. We were going to... Uh, basically lose our swimming pool um, so it started from there uh, we have a, a swash singleton swash is just north of the property and it runs up four golf holes and over the years it's it's begun to migrate south further taking away our beach access our uh, basically our sand dunes anything that protects us from storms so this is some of the legislation that we were involved with a couple of years ago in terms of the seawall and the critical line is that what it's called yeah i mean you've got to go through uh, not only you have to deal with the core uh, of engineers uh, nationally you have to go in to your local um, your local groups which for us uh, would be ocrm which deals with most of the coastal um, changes and uh, we had to go through and get permitting for it uh, we did work with a a consultant to help us with that. So if um, Wild Dunes had one, done one of these back in the early 90s, theoretically they could have saved that hole that washed away a couple times? I, you know, I, I think everyone's situation is probably different, but probably. Um, I, I think uh, the sooner you react to things like that, the better. Uh, we actually probably could have put our seawall further seaward um, if we would have acted sooner. Um, uh, so, so once... Once things start to happen along the coast and things um, such as uh, coastal plant material and uh, once, once you start to see that, that invasiveness of the shoreline coming inward, um, it, it will change that critical line. It, that critical line is not always something that's permanent per se. So when you went to school at Virginia Tech, do you remember studying coastal engineering? <laughs> no, no. This, is, uh, this has all been... Uh, you know, <laughs> is that a study? Coastal engineering? Did I just come up with a new, a whole new game? He could teach it, probably. Yeah, yeah. It's it's been uh, it's been enlightening, that's for sure. The last two last two years, that was eighteen and nineteen, uh, that we did those uh, projects, and and uh, and I oversaw both of them. And it well, was, hell, you just done a renovation right before that, right? Like well, two or three eighteen years before we did that? so. Eighteen, um, we did the bunker renovation as well. So I, we we completed the seawall project in the, the, let's say, late late winter, spring, and then we jumped right into our bunker renovation. When did you um, change the greens? Wasn't that 15? Yeah, we had, we had a busy, about six-year spell uh, with tournaments end in, in construction. So greens conversions were in 13. Oh, and I was the president of the association, I think, That's, that year. I didn't want to bring it up. So, yeah. yeah. Probably wow. not the most hands-on president that year, um, but <laughs> luckily right, we have a, like we have a, we have a well. wonderful, wonderful staff that that takes care of all those things. But uh, yeah, so thirteen was uh, the greens renovation from okay. Bent to Bermuda. So I gotcha. Fourteen was the um, PNC. We were on the Golf Channel. That was the the, the national. professionals. Yeah, that was the pro the 
the club professionals. Club professionals, a PNC tournament, yeah. where they qualified to actually play in the PGA Championship. The winners Correct. were, yeah. Not like, like the top however many from here. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, a like certain, certain amount. Yeah, like top 10. Uh, that get, get in, I think it was the top 10. That get to get to play in the PGA. So that was in 14. 15, we had the state junior. Had the state South junior. junior. Um, and the Southern Amateur next year, right? 16 was the Southern Amateur. Right. Uh, 17 was the USGA women's four ball. Um, that was a biggie. Wow. 18 was the start of the seawall, as well as a complete bunker. bunker renovation project. And then last year we finished the seawall in 19. So when did you build those bathrooms? What year was that? That was 16. On the golf that was, uh, gosh, I'm going to say that was 17. You're quite the busy man. Yeah, that was well, 17. That we, was, we did the bathroom. From Coastal Engineer, he was also an interior designer. I definitely remember <laughs> being with him one day. I think we were playing golf somewhere, and he got a message about, seriously, I think we're looking at paint colors for the inside of this bathroom. I'm like, dude, are you involved in paint colors? <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, it was it, paint. I can't remember. It was something about the bathrooms. It was, yeah. Yeah, we, we've, uh, gosh. Yeah, we've done a bunch of stuff. I just remember one of his restrooms cost more than the home that I was living in at the time. Wow. Well, that proves my point that superintendents do everything at a club. Oh, well, this is more than everything. This is above and beyond. Right, right. Yeah, that's not to even look at this pool that we keep staring at that rivals, I'm going to say something along the lines of what, I don't know, something you'd see in Venice. Right, it's a great <laughs> pool. On the Mediterranean, you know? Yeah, it does have a Greek flow to it. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like I should be, I don't know, a Spartan right now looking at with this view, right? Like a, somewhere else. So, Steve, can you help our listeners and give them a little history of the Dunes Club? Golf and Beach Club, excuse me. Oh, wow. That's yeah. A good one. Yeah, we're, we um, – Dunes Club has been here since 1948, 1949. Uh, the, the back nine was actually the first nine completed in 48, and the front nine was the, the second nine. Uh, we were the second club in, in Myrtle Beach. Uh, Pine Lakes, the Granddaddy, just down the street. Was the first, yeah. Uh, it was the first. That was 1927, I believe. And we, so you had that bent grass from 49 until 13? No, 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 no. There was <laughs> <laughs> four, sorry. 48, 49 was uh, was was Bermuda grass. Um, you know, they they grew 328 Bermuda here till uh, Randy Allen was a part of that switch in 92. Wow. Uh, so really, they had. Had bent grass here for about 20 years. 92, we we did a uh, kind of a gas and go in 2003 uh, while I was here, um, and we got rid of the pen links, which was was on there since 92. We put in an A1, A4, and we grew that till 2013 when we converted uh, to an ultra dwarf. Uh, so really, the had about 20 years uh, for the Dunes Club history was on bent grass greens. Uh, the rest of it's been on, on Bermuda grass. So what else was so – what brought this to such notoriety early on? The professional senior tour tournament or was that later? No, no. I mean, that, that was in the 90s. So, you know, really it, I think the, you know, the Dunes Club, the history of it came from the golf riders. You know, and this was their – you know, this was kind of their stopping point on the way down to Augusta. Um, and we – we, for years and years, we hosted that Golf Riders Association event, and it was just prior to Augusta, and, uh, and it was a big deal. And Jimmy D'Angelo, who was our 
our golf professional yep. uh, for, for many, many years. Hall of Famer. South Carolina Golf Hall of Famer. Most definitely, yeah. So he's, he's the one that really spearheaded a lot of that uh, getting started and having those guys come in here. And, you know, you can, you can see um, we've got a little kind of a, a walk of history between you know, the north end of our building uh, where we've taken decades from the 40s, 50s, 60s. And it's, it's pretty neat little uh, history um, in a short period of time that you can kind of see how all that stuff started to evolve. Yeah, but that's a, that's where it really got started was with the golf riders. Y'all do a good job of displaying the history throughout the clubhouse. Yeah, there's there's a there's you know we have a group of of members and and uh, staff that that work on um, just that you know all so the that, historical archives committee type. That cast iron is that what they call that cold bronze cold bronzing technique of that alligator that I saw out there is that is that when Izod bought the place and re- relogoed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize y'all were what is that French owned? <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Lacoste. <laughs> I'm no, good. It's, it's fitting though. It it does. Uh, the logo is is uh, is really perfect for for us here. It's been been good. So when it doesn't say the dunes above it, is that the members only version? And then when it says the dunes, is that the one you sell to the general public? Well, we they've just kind of switched that over the last couple of years and actually have come out with a a, a member logo. Um, so it's it's a little bit differently, but yeah, this is huh. the, the standard logo for the club. We've got one that's uh, that has the year in it, um, so it's just a, an alligator with the 1948. And people um, people can play here. It's not strictly private. Correct. Yeah, we are a we are a I say for we are a for profit business. You know, we're not a a non profit private country club, um, and it's always been that way. It's, you know, it was set up that way, and uh, we do outside play with uh, member affiliated hotels that are allowed to book into our, our tea time network. Wow. Um, and that's based off of our, our golf shop and our golf committee as to uh, how many of those times are, are allotted and when they're allotted. Yeah. And it's, and it's scheduled, you know, we, we kind of know when majority of our membership plays and wants to play. Right. Um, so we'll, we'll open those tea sheets well in advance for some of those, some of those hoteliers to, to book into. So but it is. It's, it's it, right? a large. It doesn't get out of hand. You're not running forty eight thousand rounds a year through here, are you? Not anymore. Uh, back in the nineties, they were. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was it was a uh, it was a zoo out here. Stay as busy as you could, make as much money as you could. Basically, <laughs> it was. It was. They were making a lot of money um, in the nineties. I think that that senior tour championship was probably helping helping that as well. Um, but I mean, they were they were just golf grooming for you and had to you know save a ton of money to get hammer time in here. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. We'll get we'll get there in a second. I want to say that the Dunes Club. I was I've been called a golf snob by some people, uh, but I'm not a golf snob. I just do appreciate vintage courses or what have you. And and I kind of written off Myrtle Beach as a push them through. How many can we get through in one day? Mow and go every day type deal. And then we came here in 2015, and this place totally changed my opinion of beach golf. Really, between here and the Surf Club, watch us all. Reserve down there at Pauly's, you know. Debadoo. Debadoo. I think it's some of the private ones that have held up really well, um, the reputation, if you will. Because, like you say, I mean, from out of town, our guys do great work down here individually oh, yeah. not, to keep up with that traffic. And I know you're not knocking anybody right, right, at right, all right. by any means. But it's a it's a reputation, right? Um, so Myrtle Beach does. I mean, Myrtle Beach provides, a, I mean, just a, a – 
plethora of golf from whatever avenue you're looking for. And the guys down here do a great job. They yeah, do. whether I mean, it's 30 bucks or 150 or right. 250 <laughs> to play, I, I think you're going to get – well, you're going to get everybody's best shot no matter what their budget is. And right. I think that you're going to get blown away in some cases where you're going to pay the 30 bucks and you're going to be like, holy cow, this is absolutely amazing. Right, right. You know what I mean? Most so. definitely, yeah. There's there's definitely some good good golf, and it doesn't have to be at the high end. Nope. You know, there's a lot of good golf in and around Myrtle Beach. And, and like I said, the guys around here do a great job. What do you all now, do you know, in Horry County? I know at one time it was 109, I think, was the record number. Now it's in the mid-80s. Yeah, I'm going to say we're in right? that low, low 80s. Just in the county, though. Correct. But, it, you know, some of that, I don't know if that is directly just Horry County, you know, because they're, they're talking about Grand Strand. So they may... They may link in some places in Georgetown, a few like places. all the way to Farmstead, all and the way maybe, down to maybe up Georgetown. in Brunswick County in North Carolina. I would have thought it would have probably, if you included all those, been right around 100. And I think my point to that is there's roughly 320 golf courses in the state of South Carolina. So when you look at our coastal area here, not to include Hilton Head, just the Myrtle Beach area, when you put Myrtle Beach and Hilton Head together, I think you've got half the golf courses in our state, <laughs> just in those two areas. Yeah. You know, I guess what turned me off was when it got gimmicky when, during the boom and you had – and I was even a John Daly fan, but Wicked Stick, let's just see how long we can make it. And it's, you know, it seemed like things were getting gimmicky. So, But now Wicked Stick's no longer with us. No, no. You did I mean, have one of the best gimmicks with Waterway Hills, though, right? I mean, you had to take the tram to play golf. I mean, that was a big deal. The Sky Tram. That's right. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Never yeah, been I got there to, either. I got to my see that. fear was getting stuck on the other side. Like, I don't feel comfortable not driving somewhere. So you imagine me putting my clubs in that little trolley thing saying, all right, you'll be back in a couple hours. Well, no, right, I don't right. want to be the no, – what? <laughs> yeah, this, we've, had, we've, we've lost a lot. But it's, you know, it's, it's construction. It's housing. Um, you know, this area is, is, uh, is booming from uh, uh, people wanting to move in. It's very affordable. It's affordable to live at the beach. They're not – uh, they don't have to go all the way down to Florida if they're coming out of Ohio or Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and, and our construction and, and year-round residents just continue to, to yeah. go up and up. We get a bunch of Virginians, too, don't we? We do. We do. The <laughs> <laughs> look on his face. Real quick, so prior, I've been to the Pirate Voyage. I may have been, you know, I've been up and down 17 plenty of times. I never knew that the Dunes Club was so close until I worked here in 2015 that week. And now I can't go down 17 without looking left and seeing the golf course through there. Do you ever find anything interesting in the morning? Anybody ever uh, – because I guess there's not many bars or anything around here to stumble from, but you know what I mean. No, I, I'd say the, the – You talking like needles or people? Either. <laughs> either. Yeah, we, we've had some interesting mornings. Um, they typically deal much more with this beachfront than okay. they do with, gotcha. you know, out there on, on Highway 17. Um, so yeah, there's been uh, yeah, there's there's been a handful of of different uh, occurrences from vehicles out on the golf course, um, you know, overnight that that actually get into the uh, the property um, to to people wandering. You know, the, we've got right. this tidal swash that I talked about a little yeah. bit earlier, and uh, depending on what time of day uh, you're walking, the tidal swash is either ankle deep or neck deep okay um so if you're in for a long walk uh depending on what side of that swash you need to be on uh, you can't you can't get across it uh, so we'll get people walk up here all the time uh, middle of the day <laughs> how yeah I'm, I'm staying right up the beach how you know our security has to explain 
Uh, hopefully you brought a chair if you want to sit for a little while or you can wade through it. You don't right. let them walk through? We, there's, they can't walk through. The swash goes up. Oh, because you can't get around to it. No. That's right here. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it goes up four golf holes. I mean, they can surely walk all the way up and around. <laughs> well, hey, we'll sell you a set of rentals, and you can leave them over on the corner and just tell us which hole you left them on, and you can play for four holes on so, the way Yeah, out. so it, it, it happens. I mean, that, that's that's a pretty common thing for our, our security. You get the board. architect in here and design the four-hole loop over there. That's funny. The, but, one other thing I want to talk about that happens and it's the last time I referenced 2015 a junior championship, but come down with Chris Miller. Do you remember Chris Miller? I do. Tall, bald. Uh, he got his cart stuck on the first hole he marked, maybe the second hole. And he, he I'm, I'm marking another area of course. He texts me, come help me, and this thing's not moving. And he had to call you within 30 minutes to come get it out. And that's got to be the shameful – it is for a rules official, the shame, you know. Do you even remember that? Yeah, I, I can't – I've pulled so many golf carts okay. out of different places. Um, I, I I don't even know that I can remember. I want to say Chris it was on out. ten or eleven. There's a little pond all kind of off to the side in between some holes. I don't remember exactly, but yeah, yeah ten ten is definitely a culprit. Uh, I say <laughs> is used to be. We got a little bit of put a little bit of drainage in when we did. See now, if we were to do this with Craig Harris, Craig would go off on me because I've gotten the cart stuck during uh, the BMW Championship. <laughs> well, at Shana Clear. <laughs> Where? Because we were racing back late one night, and I had Adam Charles in the cart with me. He said, oh, you could cut right. I said, can I cut through behind that porta potty And it was right of 8T. <laughs> it was wet. Oh, my gosh. See, we left some 12-foot skid marks. on. It was not in play, thank gosh. But So I had to get down in the creek to clean myself off like I was covered in mud because I was trying to lift the back of the cart right, and somebody right. hit the pedal. Oh, yeah. And I'm wearing golf attire, so I'm just <laughs> so I've come back soaking wet because I've got the mud off of me. Were you working? Yeah, we were filling divots apparently right. late at night, and um, so we get back, and I mean everybody's just dog cussing me because I got things stuck. That's funny. But he remembers. It was my point. Stevie, on the other hand, a little more calm demeanor, yeah. more right. different management technique. Totally, um, totally. Where were you born and raised, and how did you end up here? Let's talk the turf path. Okay, yeah, born and raised in uh, right outside of Richmond, Virginia. Um, went to college, Virginia Tech. Got my uh, turf turf degree. You have you you got a weed science hat like Matthew Wharton does. Uh, I do. Sitting right sits right in my window nice. behind my desk. Nice. Sure do. You notice we, both of them have them on display and they don't wear them. <laughs> totally. Did you get yours from Chalmers? Uh, yeah, I think we all got ours. Um, I'm assuming we all got ours from the same. You know, Chalmers is. Gosh, he's he's almost West Coast now. South Dakota State. Yeah, he's way up there. So I was talking to Matthew the other day about that, and he mentioned that. And I said, well, man, that's where I take my son to Zesto's every year when we go pheasant hunting is in Brookings. I said, does he live there? Because the last time I saw Dave was when we were in St. Andrews. He came walking up on dinner with Doug and I and really um, Donald Steele. He was out there with some guys from Virginia. And so I said, oh, well, hell, I'm just going to have to have him meet us at Zesto's then <laughs> this fall when we go up. Yeah, for sure. David Chalmers is a professor who was at Virginia Tech when we started rounds for research, and he wanted to get Virginia involved, and so gotcha. that's how I met him. Gotcha. But it turns out he was a professor of both Matthews and Steve's during their tenure at Virginia Tech. But I'm more curious about you said Zesto's, the chicken place. They got that in South Dakota? It's the original malted milk milkshake place, yes. Like huh. the one on Rosewood. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. It's not – It's it's – I don't think it's a franchise, right? 
but it, it's the same thing. I just couldn't imagine the Zesto being any other way in Columbia. So my parents used to hang out at that when they were in college, like in Brookings, <laughs> South Dakota. So when I think of Zesto's, I think Columbia's a ripoff. You, you're thinking you. South Dakota's maybe the other way, but I know that one's been there at least 60 years. That's crazy. So anyways, I had yeah. to take my son there for the tradition. So that's Chalmers. So sorry for the Virginia Tech tie-in no, there. No, no, yeah, Chalmers Doc was, Chalmers got you your hats. Chalmers was pretty integral in getting me into the uh, turf program. I, I went to Virginia Tech uh, as a horticulture major. and Planning to do what? Planning to, um, planning to go back um, just outside of Richmond and get into the wholesale uh, plant business. Okay. Um, my parents, my family, uh, we owned some property, uh, maybe about an hour outside of Richmond, and uh, we were going to look at, you know, potentially doing something like that. You know, after I'd gone to school to to feed into the, you know, construction, housing, all that type of stuff. Gotcha. Um, I got up there, and it just wasn't something that was resonating with me. Uh, once I got to school, um, I wound up keeping the the option. I stumbled into Chalmers playing golf on the Tech golf course one day. Uh, we had a, on, our golf course was on campus. As a student, you could play. It was either five or six bucks. Wow! You could play all day. So if you had class in the morning or in between, you could go out there and play a handful of holes, walk to class, come back. I stumbled across him on the golf course and talked. You know, he was just asking me about my background or whatever, and I. I'd worked on golf courses as a kid um, uh, back in Richmond because it fit my schedule. I played a bunch of baseball. So I could get up early, go to work, and, uh, you know, we'd eat ponds, walk mow greens, and then by lunchtime I could go to baseball practice or we were traveling. I played American Legion ball and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not thinking that this was what I was going to do. Um, but uh, – He's the one that kind of was like, hey, he found out, Chalmers, uh, found out I was in horticulture. He's like, well, why don't you come sit in on a turf, you know, he taught the introductory turf class. And I went and sat in on a class. I was like, wow, this is the kind of stuff I remember seeing, you know, as I as I worked on a golf course. Right. Pretty easy. So that's kind of. Pretty easy. So we natural. need to learn how to build seawalls and make it a little more challenging. <laughs> I called, called the, my dad up and said, hey, I think I'm going to. Uh, not not switch majors, but add an additional major, um, and that's what I wound up doing. So I wound up getting a, a degree in agronomy. Did you Virginia get the, tech? Did you get a horticulture? Got degree? a horticulture degree. It took me an extra semester. That's how he learned to plant the stuff up on right. the seawall, and that's yeah, the natural stuff. And he's a CGCS. Correct. That came later in life. Yeah, that was a little later. But got out of got out of uh, Blacksburg, and went to uh, was fortunate enough to get hired on with George Thompson and Pinehurst. Oh, wow. He um, was there with Ron. CCNC. CCNC. Wow. Yeah. Yep, so I was right at the tail end of George's career. And uh, Let's pause there real quick. You what were there with Ron and Doug at the same time, right? No, not Doug. Doug was there for a short period of time. What, what was that like working with those two? Ron and Doug or George? Ron and Doug. I don't know George. I know Ron and Doug. Um, I've heard of George. It was a good time. Yeah, it was a good time. Ron and, Ron and Doug were uh, – were were big uh, big proponents of me and and helped me a ton uh, to just learn a lot. You know, the, the neat thing about CCNC when I was there uh, was George George kind of took care of all the distractions. Um, you know, from a grass growing standpoint, you know, he he dealt with all the stuff that that we have to deal with now. 
um, on the back end of things. And he would allow his superintendents to, to manage people and grow grass. And that was really, that was really a big bonus because uh, he didn't sure. have to deal with, didn't have to deal with any of the politics. Um, yep. He kind of sheltered us from a lot of that stuff uh, without, without even knowing it. Um, so working with Ron and working with Doug, Doug was there um, before he went up to Michigan um, and, and George kind of promoted me uh, to one of his superintendents before he retired. Um, so I was there from 90, I graduated college in 96. I was in Pinehurst at CCNC in 97 and uh, worked there until I came here in 2001. Did you wow. volunteer at the 99 Open? Yep. Yeah, we, were, we did uh, the, the 99 Open, also did the Women's Open at Pine Needles. Oh, um, yeah. That yeah. was in... I went to that one. Yeah, this is when the tournaments just started kicking off in Pine. I went to the '99 one. A lot, a uh, lot different back then than it is than it is now. Sure. Um, as far as just the mentality, just Pinehurst in general. Right. Um, it was a, you know, my my wife, um, who was um, not my wife at the time. We both wanted to relocate to to the Carolinas. Coming out of school, she was a she's a Hokie graduate as well. She got her master's degree in VCU. She was a year older than I was. And uh, we kind of moved south together. What? I thought she was a Bevcart girl on Mid Pines. No, not the Bevcart girl. <laughs> so the, this job opened up Just with. Just kidding, Tara. I know you had a college degree. Was it, did you replace Randy Allen, or did you come in? I after? did not. No, okay. there was a guy before, um, in, in between myself and Randy. Randy right. was here. I may slaughter the years. I think Randy was here from '86 to '99, I believe. Wow. And. Uh, and then there was a gentleman here from 99 to 2001, mid-2001. Okay. And I came, I came a little after 9-11, um, late fall, yep. real early winter in, in 01. And that was when Randy moved over to Burroughs and Chapin. Randy moved to Burroughs and Chapin in, um, I'm going to say it was the spring of 99. Yeah. Yep. And that's and when they started, started building all that's the courses. Right. Yeah, yeah, started building um, some of the Grand Dunes and, the, and those courses over there. And Both he, past presidents. And he's with Modern Turf now, is that correct? Correct. He is. And his brother just announced retirement. Correct. Danny from Camden. From Camden yeah. Danny, yeah. Another past president. And former profile video available yep. on YouTube. Real quick, I'm going to go, go off subject. Holden Grigg. Do you know Holden Grigg? I do. Great young man. A member here, his dad was a club president, I believe, when we had the championship back then. The funkiest swing you'll ever see. You don't, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. He's, yeah. I don't know. You can't call it loopy. I don't know what you call it, but he is, he plays golf at Coastal Carolina now. Yeah. Holden's, uh, I've, I've basically been here and watched Holden grow up. Yeah. Sure. I, would, I um, would think so. You know, we were, he was, you know, we had, he was kind of a proponent when we put in, and this was before it was even in vogue as far as family tees or forward tees. Uh, we had put a, a, a little tee out into the fairways when Holden was small. Yeah. Um, and that didn't, you know, it was <laughs> good for a year or so right, before right. he started bombing him out. But Holden's just, Holden's a good athlete. He's one of those kids that's, yeah. he's just, he was good at whatever he he decided to do. I um, mean, and, and he stuck with golf. So it's just like Dustin was too. Yeah. It's just, it's been fun to watch him. Seems like every, it, to me, he's what I call a clubhouse rat. He's always out here. I feel like anytime I've been, been out here other than SCGA events, he's either in the snack bar watching football on a Sunday afternoon or something like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch him uh, go through Coastal. It yeah. sure is. So, you went from Virginia, 
was that a culture shock coming to Myrtle Beach? I know he's was still in the south there. Well, from Virginia, you know, we went to Pies and Piners for about five years. Right. Uh, and that was probably the biggest culture shock. Okay. Um, I grew up uh, suburbs of Richmond, so fairly decent-sized city. Uh, my wife is uh, inside the Beltway at D.C. is where she grew up. And um, we both moved to Pinehurst in, in the mid-'90s. Big culture shock. Right. Um, you had to— Small town. Well, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go to a, a shopping center um, back in the day, you had to drive to Fayetteville from Pinehurst. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. There to... was nothing in Southern Pine. No. Yeah. No, and this was, like I said, this was uh, in mid-'90s. This was all pre-9-11. So you could drive through the base from Southern Pines. I got Correct. you. You know, so you'd, you'd be driving from Southern Pines going to Fayetteville, and you would literally have to stop your car because, you know, you'd have a handful of tanks cross the road and then all of a sudden a bunch of infantry just start popping out of the woods and, you know, you kind of look at each other like, are, are we in a, a, an active war zone, you know? Because, right. I mean, it's a massive Well, there was, base. what, 21 miles of that, that two-lane road that you had to go through. It's massive. It was just trees. Oh, yeah. And it's just a training zone. It is. It's massive. And they've got everything out there. I always um, wanted to hunt out there, man. Can you imagine the wildlife out there? It's a, it's a big area. It's yeah. it's huge. Problem is, I think I'd get hunted out there. So you, you, you definitely don't want to be the the red thing moving around in somebody's thermal scope out there for sure. And you have kids? Do you have children? We do. Yep, Tara and I. Uh, we got have like twenty of them. Do they? <laughs> no, we're fortunate. We've we've got uh, we've got three kids. I have a, a rising senior in high school, uh, Emma. She's uh, she'll be seventeen next week. Nice. And uh, my son is a rising ninth grader in high school. Uh, he'll be 15 this fall. Dude, and he has got a head full of blonde curly locks that would throw you for a loop <laughs> looking at Stevie. Yeah, he yeah, that surfer kid, mop head. I love it. We, we question, I say we, I, I, I question that one. Um, I, don't have, I don't have too many hairs on my head anymore, but they surely weren't curly. He looks like a Southern California kid with the flat bill. You know what I mean? He, does. Oh, yeah, he definitely yeah. looks yeah, like he a, does. He, 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 and he likes him too. You know, he's, he's, he's at that stage now to where I was like, Hey, you know, it's getting summer, you know, it's going to, you're going to football workouts are right around the corner. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to keep him. He's like, it's, it's going to be fine. I was like, you put that helmet on. It's going to get hot under there. Yeah. He doesn't, doesn't bother him a bit. So well, the reason I asked, but yeah, so my youngest daughter uh -huh. can't leave her out. Nope. Uh, she, her and I are thick as thieves. Uh, Anna, Anna <laughs> Catherine is uh, she's a rising seventh grader. So yeah, we got one going into seventh, one going into ninth, one going into twelfth. Man, but the reason I asked, I thought it'd be fun to throw out the attractions of Myrtle Beach and see what he has and has not attended. Pirate Voyage. Have you gone to that show? I have. Yep, me too. Uh, Carrot Tim. Ocean Creek. Have you ever stayed down there? I've tried not to. Talking about ocean lakes. Oh yeah, ocean lakes. Ocean yeah, lakes. Yeah, yeah. I did that Sorry. one time. I can't remember. I'm trying uh, to block it out. We've got we've got some. Uh, That's people not an attraction. That That's a trailer park. Yeah, dude, that, nobody told me that, and I'm stuck there for a week, two years ago. And I call Stevie Day too. I'm like, dude, why you ain't tell me? He's like, oh, you didn't ask. I'm like, dude, you got it. This is like, apparently, it's common knowledge to everyone in South Carolina, except for those of us who have to go and suffer through it the first I, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, but a mile and a half of golf carts high fiving at night on yep. the beach. The golf was cart not, parade was not my thing. Right. That's, a, that's a city in itself. I did that one time when I was like 14, 15, and I don't think I've ever gone back to Yeah, since. like 40 something. Yeah, no, yeah. I left on Wednesday. <laughs> uh, Carolina Opry, you ever seen the show there? Uh, I have. Okay. The Stampede, Dixie Stampede. The old Dixie Stampede. Oh, oh that's what that. the Carolina Opry is now. No, though. no. Old Dixie Stampede is Pirates Voyage. Okay. Um, so yeah, been been don't, Dixie don't argue with an expert. No, did you ride the old Ferris wheel? I did not. What? The old Ferris wheel. Isn't there a new one now? Or is it oh, the same yeah. one? No, no. There was no. There's the the uh, sky wheel. Same yeah. one. No, no. It's I say new. It's twenty years put old. This, no, no. Sky wheel might be ten, twelve years old, maybe. Yeah. Okay. All right, so Tim took a date to Medieval Times one time. Have you been to Medi- <laughs> Medieval Times? My Why kids have been to college my again. My kids have been to Medieval Times. I can't say that I've been to Medieval Times. And All that's right. kind of over in my stomping grounds, but I hadn't been. It is. It's close yeah. to the forest, yeah. depending on which exit you leave. What about the new four-story go-kart track? Have you been on that yet? Have not been to that. No. Nope, son's been there. He likes that. Yeah. My kids have done that. I'm looking to do that. Can you fit that. in those cars? Can I fit? I mean, are they? Can you fit in those cars? Can I didn't mean I it like that. Cars? I meant like adults. I didn't mean it like. Yeah, no, have... I know I'm swole up compared to your <laughs> svelte looking. They've got double seats. He's been in quarantine running this whole time, so when he comes out, he looks like a daggum Adonis. I've definitely plumped up during quarantine. I uh, yeah. snacking too much. I did, Steve I did, I did too. It's all under the same shirt. His is upper chest, though. Ours is lower lower right. chest. <laughs> I did that Murph challenge yesterday. What is that? World Day challenge. I had a neighbor of mine said something about this. This Murph challenge. So tell everybody what that is. It's a uh, it's a a workout to where you run a mile, then you have to do a hundred pull ups, two hundred push ups, three hundred air squats, and then finish it off with another mile. Uh, you, and you you have to the mile has to be on either end of it, but the all the ones in between the push ups, pull ups, and squats. You can do them in any variation. So, yeah, I wound up doing that yesterday just out of a – How long did it take you? Um, my buddy did his in 57 minutes, and uh, I got mine just under 50. It's like 49. Wow. 59. He's a tough mutter. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Uh, no. I, it's honestly I, – I, um, I do that for – I do all that stuff for mental health, really. I mean, it, it keeps you in decent shape. But that's like my escape. Everyone's got their own little escapes. Wow. Um, and mine is is try to throw in a uh, an hour worth of some sort of you know physical activity every day, other right. than obviously being at work. I'll tell you what, I could sit here and just stare at this pool for an hour every day and get some good mental health going. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got the you got the worst view right now, Alan. I mean, you get a little bit of ocean and high rise. Yeah. I get ocean, seawall, and um, the pool. Yeah, yeah, we've got. Uh, it's still, it's still a little early. Well, no, yeah, we well, got uh, the lifeguards should be showing. So, but up there's here no shortly. occupancy limits on it right now, right? Like so. Yeah, well, we were going to open the pool last week with occupancy limits, uh, and right. then it kind of changed. Same. So, yeah, you know, we kind of had to change that to where we didn't have that, um, and it, it went well. We opened on Friday this past Friday. Okay, as far as the pool goes, I'm still doing all the social distancing, chairs, those types of things. Um, and we've staffed it a little differently just to monitor some of that stuff. But Do you have one of those blower attachments? Do I have one of those blower attachments? With the disinfector what? on it? 
Oh, no. Where you can just go out there and turn the backpack blower on and just spray no, everything no. off. Have you not seen those animals? No, they make that? Yeah, well, they, it's, you know, like um, mosquito squads and things like that. I mean, yeah, that's what they do. It's a tank that goes on the top of the backpack blower, man, and you just turn it on and you just, you're spraying the uh-huh. juice. Uh-huh. Never seen that. It's on the Twitter machine all over the place, man. That's where I saw it. I'll check Steel's that out. Steel's got the attachment, I think. There's a lot, a lot of places will have it that do a lot of their own in-house um, insect, you know, trying to tone down some of the mosquitoes in some of their areas. Because um, for mosquitoes, facility. you really want to just get that on the plant leaf and whatnot, right? Like, yep. that's what you're trying to cover. I'm yeah. sure you have Chuck doing mosquito relief for you. No, in fact, we need to have a little sit down with me and Bulldog because I got a little brown patch that showed up here recently. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine why with all the products that I've seen, pictures in the back of that pickup truck. The I problem mean, that, is everybody place scares should be me glowing. from using them. You should see the pile I have underneath the house. There's nothing on the yard. Oh, uh, my goodness. But yeah. I did notice I came across a couple bags of, <laughs> we'll just leave that I will. So, I'm not um, going to give the location, but we went to one place and... I mean, I think at least Tim's truck probably was sitting down by the time he was leaving that. Place. I mean, the guy's like, you need insecticide, you need fungicide, <laughs> you need wetting agents, you need. Yeah, yeah. There was some fertilizer in there, and then I picked up some stuff from you that was a previous donation that same day. Correct, correct. Yeah, the worst just, part was I, I unloaded all that crap in the house the other day, and now I'm trying to get into where I need to get into that garage. And so it took me like 30 minutes yesterday to move all that crap around. Keep You're the it, one who keep, tells me. Keep it simple. I, That's I try, why I, I don't try use to. It. You know, okay. I, I was on the front end of this whole. Were you? Know, you realize Tim, this Tim is the project. first mow ever of the yard. You did tell me that, so right here. Yeah. Did you intentionally do that, or was that? Oh, he, yeah, that was the mental tricked. health thing he was, was talking this, about. That was my mental health. Okay. Yeah, that was my. He was sitting at the office with us, bored because he stayed at the house and he was waiting for something to do oh, later okay. that night. I think it was camp or something. No, I think I did. I did drive over there to one of those parks though and went for a. Yeah, Cleveland. Oh. I can't remember what the park was. Somewhere right That's there. In, in, it in wasn't Greenville. the falls, was it? Yeah, it was downtown. I don't know. It was nice. So yeah, that was my that was my little hour worth of mental health that day. Can we talk about his uh, water legislation? I think. Yeah, I mean we can. Um, I think the interesting thing is I'd like to talk about how's the beach held up through all this though. Like Myrtle Beach lives and dies by tourism, I would imagine, and the seasons that run through. How many different seasons do you have down here in terms of tourists? Are there like eight specific ones where like the rates change or something? Oh gosh, I mean, there's there's a lot more than eight rate changes in the beach. <laughs> well, I, mean, I don't mean when it goes up and down like the peaks, like where it goes to like the high point. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you, for for what all that we've just been going through, you know, it couldn't have couldn't have hit Myrtle Beach at a more, you know, at a Worst time. Yeah. Because yeah, that sure. was your main spring season, spring, right? Spring golf, yeah. End spring of February golf is, is when everybody's uh, revenue is, is going to be at their highest as far as a dollar dollar mark. So that um, was a lot of that was just lost. Pretty much most of it was lost, yeah. I mean, you're starting to get a little bit back in now, but we're, you know, now's a, a point in the year where, you know, guys are getting ready to do their verifications. Um, June is somewhat of a transition month for, for overseed to Bermuda. Um, I know us as a as a club here. We we kind of uh, we we try and do all of our work in June. Um, golf so course how many type are still overseeding versus painting? I mean, where's the debate? I mean, it keeps changing, or is that a moving target every year? It's a moving target. Um, you know, we had we had a handful of courses that did go uh, back to 
overseeding wall to wall. And unfortunately, it kind of jumped up to get them a little bit just this year. because of the unknown. Well, that and the weather. I mean, it's just been a crappy transitional spring, right? Like, is Bermuda even growing? Well, I say the the weather. I mean, I I look at it a little bit differently. I mean, yeah, we're you know I'm a grass guy and we manage the golf course, but I mean, this has been the best spring. <laughs> From a comfortable wise. spring wise yeah. that I can remember being because you had a spring. Yeah, we had a spring. I mean, we're still having it. You know, Correct. 60, 67 degrees, sixty six this morning. And you're okay with that? Better than a hundred right now. Yeah, we'll figure out how to because we'll figure out how to grow grass. I mean, we do a pretty good job of doing that. Gotcha. You know, and and people are going to complain. Hey, it's not humid enough. And and sure, there's legitimacy to all of that. But you know, you know, personally, I've had a great spring. It's been nice. You know, it's been nice that, you know, it's just not beating down your guys every day. It's been so humid. You know, for us, that's the biggest dic- dictator of, of temperature for us. The seawall? The seawater. <laughs> yeah. You know, once that temperature gets to a certain level, and that was the most difficult thing growing bank grass here. You know, once that ocean temperature gets up, um, you know, you just don't cool off um, along the coast. So, you know, okay. once it gets to be like 66, 67, I mean, that's refreshing for us because we may not see that till, you know, mid-September again. Because so that ocean how temperature ocean right now, oh, What's, I think what that, would you guess? I think the ocean is a little over 70, 72. And when you say when it gets hot, what does it get up to? Yeah, ocean will get to like 86. The water? Yeah. So that's why when you get in, you don't feel so good. It's yeah, when you get like in, you. you start looking around like how many kids have been around me. <laughs> you feel like, you know. <laughs> There's, there's some pee bath in the water. Yeah. There's some pee right. in the ool. Yeah. So, but no, I mean, when the ocean gets to be that warm, let's say it might be a little earlier this year, but, you know, by second week of July, uh, the ocean temperature's way up there. And uh, it just doesn't cool off. And that's when you just start the sweltering along oh, here all yeah, the you, time. You know, I, I, I'm about, oh, let's say, five miles, maybe six miles inland um, from where I live to here. And uh, it's, it's like night and day. It might be 67 or 68 degrees when I leave the house. I get here, 80, mm. you know, 80 82, sticky. just stays there. And it's sticky. Yeah, so that was, that was tough for bent grass in the south, you mm. know, and in the summertime. But uh, What'd you do with all your fans? We've, we've gotten rid of most of them. I think I still might have a couple that are still back in the, in the, the old storage building. But we've, we've sold most of those, those fans out to guys that are, that are still – Fighting the good fight with bent grass. <laughs> fighting the, the good fight. I'm the thinking south. that you could get about six of those, stack them three high each, and then you could build a really good deer stand on top of them. Like I'm finding, trying to find uses for old fans now for guys. So if you want to get rid of them, just give me a holler. I'll come pick them up, and we can put them to good use. That's that's one. That, that They'd could be, be stable enough, use. huh? Uh, you'd you'd have to you'd have to get some sort of supports on either end of those. I think. Oh yeah. Especially for you. you, know, you, you <laughs> That's number two. <laughs> Dang. I do want to hear, Tim told me in our pre-show produ- our production meeting, if you want to call it oh, that. about the water? Yeah. And, and it really impressed me, but I don't quite remember what it all was said and your involvement in water legislation and learning more than you probably wanted to. I remember that part. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been a learning process. I mean, we, we got involved with the state of South Carolina. Um, and basically a, a water planning group. And this was a couple of years ago. And this was spurred on with, uh, with Charlie, who was our, our kind of our legislative arm for South Carolina. And he was able to uh, 
um, to get us involved uh, really in the, the, the front stages, which I don't know that we've ever been in something like that before. Not which is neat. So, I mean, what, what this is, 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 is all water users of South Carolina. You know, and golf is, is I mean, we are such a, a speck um, compi- compared to uh, nuclear power plants and, and uh, I mean, you name it, just, just even water users from municipalities. And um, so, so there's a, a group of us that have, were asked to sit on this planning committee. Um, it's called a PPAC. Uh, for the state, and it's it's run out of Columbia, and and DNR is uh, overseeing uh, this group, and we're basically going through and and building a framework for uh, for eight different watersheds, if you will, of, of the state of South Carolina. It's been a big a big learning curve. Um, I feel like I've kind of been more of a, a spectator in some of it um, because it's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts. Yeah, uh, and like I say, golf is a small portion of it. But it's nice to be—it's uh, nice to be at the table of those discussions, right. and not it just being fed to us, you know, after the fact. So that, I cool. think that was a big push to get somebody from our industry, uh, whether it be you know golf course superintendent, someone from golf that needed to, to represent um, to be be on that uh, that committee. And you, are you still involved? Yeah. yeah. So we we are now meeting. Quarterly, uh, we were we were meeting monthly, and um, we're now meeting quarterly. We've pretty much put the framework together, um, and it's uh, you know it's it's moving into the stages to where um, our group is now um, reaching out to certain basically river basins. We've got eight eight sectioned river basins that we're trying to establish um, to get more out into each locale or each community. Um, and, and it's all about water usage and and, and what um, where it's coming from, you know, uh, from a DHEC standpoint. I mean, every everyone sits on this committee uh, that's concerned about water, whether it's us in the golf industry, whether you have uh, um, uh, large ag, you know, big pharma type type groups, um, DHEC's on it, DNR's on it. Uh, DNR is really the ones who are who are who are writing it for us um, as we go through the process. Um, you have uh, the river keepers uh, are on it, so you have all water um, groups uh, from all interests. Is it true y'all going to merge the Great PD and Little PD River into one? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reroute it. That's like saying let's put the Broad in there with what's the other one, the Congaree and Flood <laughs> Columbia. No, so I when I got hired, it was GRPR, Government Relations, Public Relations, and my first role was as a law, the lobbyist in South Carolina, had to register. And at the time, we were dealing with surface water. Steve doesn't have to deal with surface water as much, per se, because down here, a lot of, if I'm not mistaken, what they're doing is capacity use, correct? It's from wells. And correct. so that's when I learned the differences in South Carolina. There's basically two types of water usage. You're either pulling from the surface, lakes, ponds, rivers, something that you can see, or you're pulling from something underground that you can't see, capacity use. Right. The capacity use stuff was all on the coast, and it was mostly to, from the 70s, improve the salinity that they were finding in the aquifers. It's kind of the basis of it. And without golf getting blamed per se, we got involved, started reporting all of our numbers, et cetera. As we waded through that, we got the permit done in South Carolina for surface water. 
And now it's the difference between riparian and non-riparian rights. And I think when all the stuff in North Carolina happened and South Carolina was accusing North Carolina of stealing 10 million gallons a day from, I forget the river that's coming out of Charlotte, et cetera, we had no way to measure how much water per se. So that's when the reporting becomes more critical. Now you're permitting the surface water. And so as we wade through all that, we learned that golf, okay, in the state of South Carolina, in terms of surface water usage, 97% of the surface water used is for the creation of power. Huh. Whether that's nuclear, coal, whatever, all the different electricity generating plants are, hydroelectric dams, etc. Then you got the 3% of all the other users. And golf is 3% of that 3%. Right. But from a visibility standpoint, you got people upset on Hilton Head because when it's raining, you got irrigation going. Right. Well, that's going because they're tied to a wastewater plant that has to get rid of that much water. So anyways, with Charlie being involved, there was an opportunity for golf to be at the table, as Steve described it, if you will. Well, post Steve's presidency, as he described 13, he came off the board in 14, he still wanted to be involved and come to the golf day events that we would do at the Capitol. So he'd come up and visit with us. And so you tie that in with personal history and his folks in the property they talked about in Lake Hamilton, if you will. And his father has gone through a lot of stuff with legislation with the state of Virginia, water usage, water rights, etc. And so with his interest and ability at the club, being at a club like this where he could take a day, a quarter away right. well, prior to the seawall and all that other crap, it wasn't as stressful. But um, that's where we said, hey, Steve, is this something you'd be interested in doing? And that's where golf essentially has a seat at the statewide table. What's cool is now as we've moved into the eight different riverbeds, for instance, like the Edisto, if I'm not mistaken, we've got the superintendent from Orangeburg, Alex Tolbert's on that one. Gotcha. So we're trying to have someone from golf in as a year. voice of reason in each one of those. I don't think it's necessarily to to change or direct the path. I think it's more so from a PR standpoint to make sure that we're seen as good environmental stewards and these guys can, you know, espouse that when they're there. Yeah. And at the same point in time to protect to make sure that there isn't anything um, erroneous done on behalf of the game of golf, If especially because some of these permits are going to have to change when you have all this new business that's coming in and the amount of water that's allowable. And so we want to make sure that we've got some protection there. Well, I was just joking, though. I know you can't merge the little PD and big PD river. Oh, no, I had nothing to do with that. This was the explanation of Stevie and why he's involved. Gotcha. Sorry, Steve. No, Stevie. Hammer time. It's it's Steve. You're lucky we're out of time before we get to hammer time. Are we out of time? We're getting close. So I do want to kind of wrap him up here. I want to ask something you've learned that maybe if you could go back and tell younger Steve Hamilton what to do or what to be prepared for or just share advice with somebody getting in the business. Have somebody else put your seawall in before you get there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I, I mean, it kind of, it, it kind of relates to, to stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I think uh, as far as our positions and, and how I've seen superintendent's positions change and every organization is different. Um, but it's, 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 uh, just to make sure that that you're showing uh, how valuable you are Um, and a lot of this stuff that I've done here is just because of of time really you know I mean I've I've almost been here 20 years and it's a it's a wonderful small business to work for 
and, and I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to do a lot of these things uh, with this company. And, and uh, I think uh, time allows you to, to create a, a respect with your, with your employer um, when you do um, certain projects and, and they see you um, not only involved with it but enjoy doing those types of things. And it may not be um, right up your alley or may not be on your job description per se. Um, but if you're able to create value for yourself, I, I think that, um, you know, maybe the added time um, in, involved in some of those things are, are well worth it. Um, and, and I think they're going to help, help you not only with your current employer, but just individually um, be able to get better rounded. Right. Because, um, you know, these, these things are constantly evolving as far as positions and what people are being asked to do. And, and, and when, when times change and they need to, to have um, more and or less people involved in certain things, uh, to be able to have that ability I think is huge. Right. Um, so it, it's nice to be looked at um, when, you're, when you're part of a good team. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we, we've always been put into the, the problem-solving type. No doubt. Arena. Right. Um, so I, I would say for, for, for those types of people – um, be open to that. You know, don't 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 just shrug it off and be like, oh gosh, that's just something else on my plate. Right. Um, you know, try and figure out to see how you can make it work um, because I think it's going to just add add more value to 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 that individual. Right. All right. Thank you. Last thing, what's the first car you drove? First car I drove. Nineteen eighty three Chevy Impala beautiful that's awesome what color and i was it was a gray it was called the gray ghost yeah yeah it was a uh, same thing my first car was called it was a hand-me-down um it was actually a company vehicle that my dad had and uh i've got two older siblings and we're fairly close in years and um he purchased it from his company fleet uh when it was when it was due and uh, I was the third one in line to, to drive it. So not only was it, I mean, we're talking exactly. Yeah. That's it, Gray Ghost. <laughs> you know. And when oh, I got when awesome. I got it, we we had uh, so it had gone through my brother and my sister. Um, it was then mine to, to drive. Had a Class A trailer hitch on the back of it, so I could pull a John boat. Wow. Oh yeah, it was it was decked out. I had an antenna, you know, for the CB. Right. Had uh, holes in the. We had drilled holes in the trunk so we could use the trunk as a cooler, and it was self-draining. Really? Oh yeah, it was. That's it was, cool. It That's was, smart. It was. That was before Kyle Tranum's days. You know, Kyle's truck pees. I don't know if y'all have ever noticed no. that when you go somewhere. <laughs> you seen that? Yeah. He's got a drain line built through the bed of the truck that comes out the back right corner, basically that hooks to his cooler, and he always keeps a cooler of Bud Light in there. And so when you wow. show up at the golf course. When you come off the golf course, that ice will have melted throughout the day, and you'll notice that his truck has been peeing all day. That's too funny. Yeah. So Steve was, I mean, well ahead of his time. I was right, just right. drilling holes in the old Impalas. Impalas. Yeah. Now, did you keep tetanus in there for every five years to inject yourself with a shot there? Well, yeah, the, no, we weren't thinking about that back then. The picture I pulled up on, on Google, just to confirm, I, I did – it reminded me of cars you see in Florence with the smokers and the, stu- the the carpet would hang down from the ceiling, you know. I'm not saying yours did, but have you, you ever seen that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We, we've got a, uh, oh, headliner. That's, I think that's what it's called, the headliner. Okay. 
right? Oh, it, it, there's a repair shop for that in Powdersville. I see it like every time I turn and I leave the house, I stare right at this. That's I, gotta, I gotta take a picture and send it to you sometime. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it looks as bad as the saggy headline right. of the sign does. <laughs> oh, that's like, awesome. Like it matches like the the whole motif. It makes you, oh yeah, I definitely need to go see that guy. You, you don't know? see him much anymore. And I do. Before we get out of here, and just from my personal knowledge, do you ever go to Richmond Raceway to see a race? I did way back when I used to go. I was yeah. uh, I was one of those kids that would hand out the uh, free uh, chewing tobacco. Really? Yeah. Just pack samples. Yeah. We just yeah. I was a sample guy. That's walk awesome. around. Yeah, that was back in the day. Probably can't do that anymore today. <laughs> did you get paid for that? <laughs> no, I got into the race for nothing. Oh, really? And you got free tobacco for yeah, and I, I was there all day. <laughs> That's exactly right. He'd come home with it. Well, one a day uh, for everybody. I oh, got 14 right. packs. That's right. <laughs> we used to get, when Winston was involved, you get a carton of cigarettes for free just walking up and saying, hey, and they'd hand you a carton of cigarettes. And it was you great. sell those. Yeah. I remember doing something <laughs> in school where we had to go because you'd get a half a log of dip if you went. And I can't remember. It was something like that. I don't remember where we went, yeah, but could, it was something crazy around the Clemson area where if you just showed up, you got that. Huh. Yeah, you could get all the tobacco you wanted at race weekends. <laughs> right. Not, not anymore, though. No. Well, Steve, thank you very much for having us here. Congrats on winning the Best Location Award for 2021. Have we forgotten anything? Anything you want to tell the world about you, this place, family, the beach? I don't think when so. When you're going to leave so somebody else can get this great job? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope, I hope to be here for a while. If they'll, if they'll still have me, we're going uh, to hang out. The Is this going to be the rocking chair place? Man, they're going to get your rocking chair out back? I don't know. This you is know? Hamilton's chair. No, 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 no. No, we're, we're, uh, you know, we're going to see what, what happens with the kids as they continue to get older and you know, take, it, take it day by day. Any plans to ever have a full head of hair? Never. He'd have to go wig on that then. No, I, I, we're, we're trying to get less and less. I think I'm a little... Yeah, I'm kind of chia head right now. <laughs> it's funny that the, the past, profile I'm getting, I can see where there's growth and where yeah, there's not. Probably, probably past due. I think I, <laughs> I think I got hit by the sprayer last week and uh, might have had a little primo in it, so maybe look a little patchy. That's nice. funny. But no, it's it's probably a little long. I'll, I'll I'll eventually be Kojak here shortly. Are you already putting primo out? Primo on greens? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't have primo to put out. So I've just been hesitant Again, on the yard. It's not green, quite greens, there Tim. Primo on greens that are on a golf course. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Not 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 home lawn. It's a little early for stuff. the yard. We need to wait till it gets super green. I'm mowing three times a week, and then we'll we'll dial it in. Uh, mowing three times a week. Oh yeah. You know Brett Sullivan just got engaged. Do you see that from Toro? Oh, I and did I almost see that. said I'll trade you a wedding video for one of Tim's mowers to hook me up. <laughs> Dude, did you see the one he's recommended for me lately? No. Is that the roller in the back? It's too grand for a push mower. Yeah, but it's it'll, it'll stripe up just about anything, well, and it's a rotary. I'm gonna email him when I get home today. You should. I will. That would be hilarious if you could get one trade you a wedding right. video for one of those mowers so my yard can look better than his. That would be hilarious. <laughs> God, damn. I have to come out out of pocket a little bit on my end, but we can do it. I'm just gonna call him and say, "Hey, man, I'll get you on the podcast." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Steve, thank you very much, man. It's been a been a pleasure knowing you ever since I met you at the golf ball when you were president. Have we hit him up for anything? Not yet. I'm sure we will next time we're in the area, though. Well, what were we talking about when the, the lease package from his dad, right? The car, and he was able to get one. So, like, when when is the utility vehicles coming off lease down here? Look at that. Always looking for something, isn't he? Yeah, he's blaming He said I am this year. but Maybe I can get you some uh, – some leftover sheet pilings. You can keep that uh, little 
Ooh. what's that little creek from coming over that's down below your down your house oh yeah big brushy creek has gotten real big lately yeah you know one of my favorite drone video shots i've ever done was on number is it nine the par three mm-hmm. nine's right here it's when when we were here for the junior championship and i had the pleasure of or fortunate enough to be able to fly in the morning and the evening like when it's those sunlight hours that you want you know right and i took a from sitting on the ground just kind of rising up where you see the hole in the beach and Probably one of my favorite sequences I've ever filmed. Yeah, I do. I remember that. That was kind of that was back early in your yeah drone, that drone was like days, very beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we got in trouble over that because there was a guy. Do you ever hear that story? I, I heard something about that. Yeah, there was a, another photographer who was trying to sell y'all some drone stuff or some drone business for a couple grand, and we came in and did it for free as a thank you for hosting oh, yeah. us, and and, and he uh, sent us a nasty letter. Yeah. So after he didn't that, get the gig after not here. No, and I think he was afraid we we're going to ruin all of his beach business. But we were just here for four days, and so you know. Yeah. Well, just we tell I mean, him, look, man, I'm, I'm going to open my own company. You can sue me later. I wasn't thinking about it then. You know. No, that was good. We actually used a lot of that stuff. Good. Yeah, that was that was that was really nice. I remember showing some people that video, saying, "This is the guy we can get to do a video for us." <laughs> here we are. Oof. Well, well thank you, man. And there we were. No, I appreciate you guys coming down. No, but I will tell you this, and this will go on the shelf unused. I'm going to dry it off. For everybody to see. Why is that? Dude, this is the Dooms Club. Oh, man. I know. I only have... So my water bottle collection in my office is Augusta National, Seminole, Mountaintop, Wade Hampton, and then this will go with it. Mm. And the Augusta National one is like imploding and the labels <laughs> all because it's probably about since you got here, I think was when I played. <laughs> what, what shirt are you wearing there? What's that logo? That is the Dormy Club. Oh, okay. It used to fit a little better when I bought it, but I Steve's acknowledged that twice already. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Man. And on that, thank you, everyone. Thank you. All right, everybody. We're back. Hope you enjoyed your time with Hammer MC Hammer Go Hammer Hammer Time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it got me off guard with that one. I like that. Well, see, so you wanted to know where that came from, and if I'm not mistaken, I think it was maybe one of those evenings where – um, he might have been dancing like MC Hammer, and I could have come up with that. I couldn't really tell you where it came from, but just uh, a nickname back in the day, just Hammer Time, and it stuck. I think Bulldog kind of ran with it more than anybody. I figured it was just a play off of Hamilton, but did you know um, they wrote a play? It might have been originally, yeah. That's probably better. Do you know they wrote a play about him in, up in New York, Hamilton? Isn't that about Steve? You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? The guy who got shot? No, the biggest Broadway play that there is right now, Hamilton. I, mm, huh. What's Broadway? Okay. Is that open like NASCAR? No, but thank God it's back, baby. How did we, it go? How was it? Good. It's good. We got a race tonight, truck race tonight, another one tomorrow. Yesterday, didn't you watch? Didn't they have Coca-Cola or something? Uh, that was Saturday? Sunday, Sunday night. Sunday night, yeah. The rain delay didn't finish till like 12.05. Huh, go figure. You know, here's a funny story, and I'll make it a mission. Wife went to bed. She couldn't make it to the end. My man Chase Elliott's leading with 13 laps to go, and I'm sitting there on the couch fighting sleep, trying to make these last 13 laps. It's about 28 seconds a lap, so you know what I'm saying? We got six minutes. Can I hang on six minutes? I guess a commercial came on. I closed my eyes. The next thing I know, Blake, my oldest son, woke me up and said, Daddy, did the power go out? And it did. While I dozed off and I look up, the TV's off, and then the cable box is doing all those weird numbers. You can tell it's resetting itself, and so I had to pull it up and watch the last few laps of my phone to watch. Who watch won? Him. Uh, Brad Keselowski. 
But call, somebody wrecked a caution came out, and so my man went and takes tires. Nobody else does, and he's too far back. To, he did finish second, though. But anywho. Man, you're going to have to explain all that, taking tires with 13 laps left crap to me someday. I just, anyhow. I know. I guess when you're made of money, you can just slap a set on whenever you need. Hell, I got to get 62000 68000 out of each set of mine. Well, why don't you explain to me the employment referral service? Um, and why that's a benefit. <laughs> that was a nice transition from NASCAR right into the ERS. Well, you want me I'll to- tell you the ERS um is it's it's interesting. Um there are a lot of people who scream that they think that it should be um open, I dare say, you know, like to the public, viewable by all, and we argue internally a lot about that as it's one of the member benefits of being in the Carolinas. Right. Um before the social media age and interactive time it was a once a week thing that came out on email. And so like every Thursday morning, you know, if it wasn't out by nine, we'd start getting phone calls. Like, where's my ERS? You wow. know, oh, it'll be out at noon today type deal instead of nine. And yeah. So a couple of years ago, we were able to go real time with it. And we use social media to announce those so that if a job is posted on a Monday, for instance, we want our members to know that on Monday versus waiting until Thursday. Right. So that our members, especially when things are posted in the Carolinas, I'm not going to say that we're overprotective, yeah. but I can definitely tell you that one of, one of the messages that I carry when I have the opportunity to speak with folks who are making hiring decisions is that we have plenty of qualified candidates right here within the Carolinas. Oh, yeah. Um, now, that's not to say that that's right necessarily all the time because um, looking back on it, for instance, we've got guys like Steve Hamilton, right, who they're Yankees. They're from up north. I'm just kidding. I'm about to say Bernard. <laughs> he so wishes the mic was on to defend no, himself. I can but, turn him up. But I he's here, right? I mean, and same with Matthew. And, and so we've got a number of folks who aren't necessarily from the Carolinas who have made a huge impact on our association. So, right. um, yeah, do we try and protect, I dare say, or encourage folks within the Carolinas to fill those? Yeah, of course. You know, and I would think that any other region around the country would do the same especially when you have some major turf schools like we have here providing qualified candidates. And it's not just the two big ones. I mean, when you look at Ori Georgetown and Catawba and Piedmont and some of those others, I mean, we've got some really phenomenal turf schools around. So anyways, yeah, the ERS is a benefit to our members where you're going to get real-time updates on jobs that are posted. But and, the- and it's been crazy the last two months with COVID. We went from one Thursday, I got a call from one of our guys who said, hey, man, there's not anything listed right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's nothing posted. And then three days later, we had eight. Right. Yeah, just say we so, put out I mean, eight earlier this week. It's just been a very fluid moving thing. They don't get emailed now, though, do they? No. It's no. just In social fact, media. It's just posted on website. under the members only section yeah. of the website. And then we use, through your help, social right. media alerts to let people know that. Cool. Well, thank you all for listening. Thank you to Simplot for being on board, as always, with our. Yeah, and let's go weeks. ahead and give a new plug, I think, for the next three off courses. We're going to take a break and do the Pro Series. And so I'd like to thank some folks over there, Wally and uh, T, if you will, with uh, Bulk Ag, who have stepped up in terms of running an ad for us for the Pro Series. So we're going to go ahead and run that for them um, for the next three. We just want to say thanks for jumping up and supporting the podcast, as well as everybody else that um, has done so, to include Simplot and all of our conference and show partners. And let's hope we get to see everybody in November. Yeah, this is going to be uh, – should be a good series. we got Beth Daniel first, then the Hosses, and then Wesley Bryan. Correct, if that's the order we launch them in. But if Wesley goes big time here on his podcast,
pod. Oh, with he Brian is. Bros. We might want to go ahead and just time him out with a when he wins his first tour event. And he comes back out. And he shoot. does start back in three weeks. I saw. Yeah, yeah, we may time Wesley out with a victory, but okay. Bill could come out and win too. So there you just you go. never know. <laughs> all right. Well, thank y'all for listening, and we will see you soon. Thank y'all. Thank you for listening to Pulling Weeds, brought to you by Simplot Turf and Horticulture. Want to become a member of the Carolinas GCSA? Visit carolinasgcsa.org for more information or call the office at 800-476-4272. Follow the show on Twitter at Pullin underscore Weeds or on Facebook at Pullin Weeds Podcast.